0: Welcome to Greg Can Read, it's the Greg Can Read podcast, it's the podcast show. Welcome to Greg Can Read. This episode, what we're going to be doing is I have Pastor Rusty here. Um, He is a pastor, obviously, uh, at the Christ Christ the Lord Church. Um, That's If Titles Matter. Right. uh, right. And... um, Uh, We're just going to talk a little bit about worship and get to know uh, Pastor Rusty a little bit more deeply. Um, So, Pastor Rusty, tell us about yourself.
1: About myself? Uh, Well, briefly, since the majority of you know me, uh, I grew up in Huber Heights. I was born in the late 80s, and I'm getting used to the fact that 40 is coming soon. Uh, I'm married to Jessica, and I have four daughters. They are roughly three, five, seven, and nine years of age-ish.
0: Just roughly.
1: Just makes it easier that way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and uh, I grew up in the church and uh, for a while wanted to be involved in medicine in some fashion. I was leaning towards veterinary medicine or sports medicine. Um, Then the Lord called me to ministry and... uh, and into planting and I had no idea how planting was supposed to look for someone who's more of a a second chair was in the youth ministry, family ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, and pastor Matt, uh, came back and said, I'll buy you a steak. I want to talk to you. Like I'm in, uh, said he wants to plant a church. And I was like, Oh, so this is, this is how that could work.
0: See, you're lucky. I didn't get a steak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just for the steak. Um, yeah. And, uh, so we planted a renovation in two thousand nine, and uh, thirteen years later, here we are.
0: Awesome! It's exciting. I know uh, when I started at uh, what was renovation church at the time, uh, we met in Matt's uh, apartment. It was pretty cool, and. Um, Yeah, I just remember you being one of the first people to greet me at the door and welcome me into uh, the family, basically, that was at that time, uh, Renovation Church. So, um, let's get to it. Uh, Worship talk with the pastors, and um, I want to know, Rusty, what is your favorite worship song?
1: Uh, I've had several throughout the years but my current favorite is probably still come behold the wondrous mystery i think the first time i heard it was uh from boswell um and it was at our renovation i don't remember what what we call the the refugee night that we did oh yeah
0: Um, i remember that
1: i think it was that or it was the cross the cross conference that they streamed anyways we we had the youth together and we were watching that he was leading worship and i i heard heard the song didn't recognize it and about halfway through i'm like this is this is a special song mm-hmm. like well, and i didn't know what it was at the time but looked into it and fell in love with it i love the way it tells the whole story um of scripture it really speaks to that biblical theology track and uh Yeah, I love the the build-up into the end. It's fun to play, uh, which matters to me, as I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, (laughs) But but the lyrics uh, are are definitely one of my favorites. I call that one of my funeral songs because it needs to be played there.
0: Okay, that's good. Um, uh, So what is your theology of worship music? What kind of really drives you uh, to to pick the songs that we pick or to use the songs that we pick um, and the stipulations kind of behind that uh, obviously is undergirded by your theology of worship. But I just want to know, uh, dig a little bit deeper and let other people know uh, why we do the things that we do mm-hmm. and um, what you feel is like the main antithesis of why we do the music that we do
1: sure yeah i mean separating it from the theology of worship that we're going to talk about in a minute uh the music that we pick specifically uh has always had to be good lyrics and not just interesting and intriguing but Mm -hmm. biblical solid gospel centered but christ exalting Lyrics, um, things that that cover the gamut that we do in our liturgy of the of the story, uh, talking about the the greatness and bigness of God in creation, talking about the fall of man and our situation before the one that we're singing about, mm-hmm. then what He has done for us and 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 responding to that, uh, and then what we're looking forward to, what we're hoping for in the end. That that has always been uh, some of the kind of primary criteria, just in different forms different definitions um but that's it's really what we've been shooting for and so beyond that <laughs> it, it i think it matters greatly how good the music is too
0: like the actual like melodies and the stuff that harmonies. doesn't come out of your mouth yeah
1: yeah everything else um uh, to me coming from the from an instrumentalist side from a and from a more creative side than a lot of Uh, maybe not worship pastors, a lot of worship pastors probably fall into that same kind of thing. But from other elders, um, of course, all of our elders are musical. But from a lot of, you know, regular pastors, or even, you know, for those of you in the congregation that are that are not instrumentalists, music has always been has always been with me, like from from third grade, uh, on, I've been involved with music. And for me, it's it is an expression. So I'm a pretty reserved person generally uh i'm I'm quiet like that i enjoy that but i do have the opportunity to express myself through music and i've done that through a variety of different instruments and so for me the music that comes along with the lyrics that we do makes it much more for me whole body like this is Mm -hmm. this is my soul and spirit connecting with my body as we worship together and so when i'm in the pew and just singing i'm kind of just holding my hands like i don't know what to do with my hands Mm -hmm. uh it feels to me in those moments a lot more disconnected because i'm not actively participating in that fashion um but
0: yeah and you've been participating for an extremely long time (laughs) whether it be you know with with the bass or playing drums and and even to that effect like you said earlier that you're more like of a a supportive Mm -hmm. kind of uh 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 that's kind of like your character you're you're really into like supporting you're not the the lead guy and mm-hmm. that kind of also shows in like the instruments that you pick yeah yeah um, from
1: offensive line to trombone bass and drums yeah all that yeah <laughs> very
0: very supportive instruments and i like what you said uh especially with uh thinking about not just the lyrics, but also how the music is like, I know as a worship team, we strive for excellence in everything that we do and, uh, specifically when it comes to our music and executing real well. And, um, I think oftentimes when you get to worship music, it can be kind of drab. It can be kind of repetitive, Mm -hmm. but also to make it more interesting. Um, and, Uh, more full with uh, theological richness like undergirding uh, all of that the the melodies and and that's what I like is
1: that it's a non-verbal richness right right it's theologically we would say yes our voices are instruments enough right Mm -hmm. but it is that music that moves you and it's the music that separates a psalm from just a poem right a poem is art it's creative it does those things But when the people of God get together and sing, and particularly when you add music, that's an entirely different thing than just reading a poem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, moving on, like, do you have a favorite book on worship? Because I know you love to read books. I know you have a ton of books. I know, uh, especially where we're uh, sitting right now um, in your office there are a ton of books, uh, on your bookshelf. So what's your favorite worship book?
1: I think, you know, this one.
0: Yeah. Look and live. Yes, it is. Uh,
1: yeah. Look and live is, 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 I always say it's my top, one of my top three, just so that I can say other things matter, like institutes of, uh, from Calvin and, you know, stuff like that. But it's probably my favorite book. <laughs> awesome. I uh, I and I, I I love the content of it, and that's why I genuinely pass it to so many people. Uh, but it also was a really kind of pivotal theological turning point for me. Yeah. Myself. How so? How, so, so. how so? Um, it, it was at a point where I was really struggling with joy. I, I I was fine with duty and even duty for duty's sake, but I just did not understand. And could not find, figure out, whatever, unlock the idea of joy with worship and with Christian life. And all of the stuff that I've been reading was from theologians, dead and and otherwise. But to have the opportunity to hear it from a worship leader and Matt Papa, uh, it was such a a unique, refreshing, encouraging experience um, to have him approach all of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. But from... A joy and worship perspective, and so particularly for me, that book uh, unlocked goodness in in all the ways that you've probably heard me talk about. Um, I know he's talking about glory and right, and it is, but that's my argument from Moses. Right, <laughs> it's uh, goodness.
0: His glory is good. Goodness is his glory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that book just unlocked so much from from the stage to the pew to regular life, from singing to to reading everything. It was just super helpful and it's so well-rounded too. Um, he just touches on so many different components of it. It's not just, it's not a one trick pony. It touches everything, which worships, you know, should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know I've read the book twice because (laughs) once wasn't good enough for me. And it, uh, it really is a great book. And I would commend that book to anybody uh, who is really struggling with joy or uh, with addiction or uh, just actually wants to, to see God's glory more clearly and articulated from a worship pastor. Uh, so that's Look and Live by Matt Papa. Uh, so we got the books, and so we know that our books kind of um, uh, shape our theology Uh, quite a bit, uh, having, you know, expositions of the Bible told to us through, um, through other people's, uh, lenses, but, uh, Christ-centered lens, obviously. So your theology of worship. So we're moving on from music, the theology behind the music to your theology of worship.
1: Yeah, um. I'm going to center this in the church's mission, um, partly because I helped contribute to mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, the idea my theology of worship is we, we hear the idea of worship is the everyday or, um, we're always worshiping and that type. Mm-hmm. All of life is worship. That stuff to know, love and obey Jesus as Lord overall is a life of worship. Yeah. Right. And so each of those three components, um, can be worshipped in, and each contributes to worship. Like they're meant to feed each other, and they are built from each other. So, to unpack that briefly, the idea yeah. of knowing Christ, you get from the Word, mm-hmm. right? And so, when I read things like Ephesians one through three, mm-hmm. I just unpack and know God's plan. I know how He presents Himself. I know what He, how He views us, what He's done for us. I know what's coming. Uh, I know what his plan is for the church. I can just, I can see that across three chapters as it all unfolds. And that leads me straight to worship. Worship. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And so I have a better understanding of him. And so then now I can love him more Mm -hmm. fully as I see how what he's done, who he is, interacts with what I'm supposed to do. Chapters four through six. what what does it look like for it to to play out? You start to see some of that transition in three and into four. Um, And loving him and seeing that he has a plan for me, knowing what he's done again as we center in on the gospel, uh, leads me to worship. Worship. Chapters four through six, as I see what I'm supposed to do in response fully, is obey. And Mm -hmm. a life of obeying my master is pleasing to him. And so it's an act of, worship it it, it just so our church mission is is built around worship i mean that's what we're doing as a church that's what all of our life is supposed to be and so you can see that in any any passages of scripture but again it centers back into the word that's what we talked about uh in the 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 second sermon from christ the lord and and then the third one the that rootedness in the word that Calvin talks about is what defines normal life. It defines what worship is to God. Right.
0: Wow. Lots of unpack there, but, um, obviously your theology of worship affects everything in your life. Um, how does it specifically affect how you preach, what you preach and yeah, all of that.
1: um, For me, worship has helped me understand preaching, I would say, in that my natural proclivity is more towards the teaching side. Uh, So I want to unload all of the no uh, Mm -hmm. of no love and obey on people. Right. That's I want to just drop all that. Whereas preaching really is more designed after I think that second one, love, helping you, commanding you, commanding the will to, to love the Lord. Um which is which is what we get in the in the Shema love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Mm-hmm. And so worship in that sense has helped me see and understand that connection between knowing and loving more, and then the need for when I am preaching to actually be proclaiming to be preaching. And so I am saying, hey, come and see what this great thing is and give yourself to it that mm-hmm. that is different than just teaching mm-hmm. uh, that is that is a a worshipful act is to be in a in a place where i am magnifying the name of the lord and calling others to it that that that, that changes it right mm-hmm. i'd say that that's probably the the chief way that uh worship as an idea as a practice as a lifestyle whatever you want to call it uh affects that particular outlet
0: yeah and so you said, uh, worship as a lifestyle. How is that, uh, affecting your life practically and how you interact with people, how you interact with your family, um, even, uh, your different ministries that you're involved in? Yeah,
1: that's, a, that's a good question. So for me, it's going to come back to look and live, uh, and, that. <laughs> yeah all of my life actions, from my attitudes to my thoughts to my actions, all of those things are supposed to be, to the glory of God, are supposed to be about displaying his glory, the weightiness of who he is, the weightiness of the one I serve. Mm -hmm. The same picture is true, and we think, you know, about old delegations from great powers that would come, and you, you see you know even in aladdin right prince ali oh man <laughs> right the delegation shows his greatness how great is prince ali that he's got you know however many golden camels
0: yeah i don't <laughs> know but he he has he rides in on an elephant it seems pretty triumphant
1: yeah, yeah right the prince ali of Alibaba, baba baba whatever is 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 a great person because of the delegation in the same way our life as Christians is to be that ambassador, that delegation to the world, 2 Corinthians 5. And so if I am living a life that is uh, in keeping with the one that I serve, that I call Lord, uh, that will be magnifying to him, right? Mm-hmm. I will bring honor to him. Uh, if I'm not, then I'm profaning the name of my king. I'm shaming him, Yeah. Him, right? And so we're not supposed to bring shame upon the cross even though the cross brings shame to the world we're supposed to be ambassadors to to the world and so if that's my job description for life for ministry well then that is to a a normal person going to say well how should i go about doing that faithfully right right and so it's that checkpoint it's that teleological argument what is my purpose well it's to bring glory to god right right how, do I, how am I going to do that? How am I going to be the best ambassador I can? Yeah. Well, it's, it's from the Word that teaches mm-hmm. me who He is, what He's done, who I am, what He's done for me, mm-hmm. and where this is going.
0: So an understanding of yourself in relationship to God and how you can practically live that out by being an ambassador to Christ and bringing Him glory. Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. That's really good. Well... We're, uh, wrapping up here a little bit, but I, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Yeah. Okay. I like baseball. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't. It's kind of boring to watch. I used to really be into it, but not so much anymore. But, uh, if there's anybody in the world you would like to give a hug to, who would you give a hug to? Right now? Yeah.
1: Hmm. My daughter's on the couch staring at me. Right. I feel a little morally <laughs> obligated to say that. That's
0: what I was going to say. It can't be your family.
1: Okay. Well, in that case, um, hugs Are people, but I'm not sure they're huggers. <laughs> that, that matters. Um, does it? It does.
0: No, no because we're, we're talking about who you would want to give a hug to. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Not necessarily whether or not they would hug you back.
1: Um, man, that is a curveball because I'm not a hugger.
0: <laughs> if you want to think like high five, you could think that uh, high too. Five? Well, yeah. that would
1: probably be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> but he could—he looks yeah. like he could use a hug some weeks. So, yeah, he—he uh, yeah, lo- he
0: also looks like he might steal your catalytic converter. You <laughs> <laughs> got a haircut. <laughs>
1: And as far as I know, he's mm-hmm. off the mushroom drink. So
0: okay, well that's good. At least
1: during the season. <laughs> Probably yeah. Matt Papa and Matt Boswell. Okay, one, one arm for each.
0: One arm for each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A nice a nice side hug to each of them. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. seems appropriate. Yeah. So you got both the mats going on there.
1: Yep. Papa Boswell.
0: Papa Boswell. That would be awesome too i would like to give them hugs as well Uh, especially how they've kind of shaped my life and my music slash worship ministry is is tremendous so last but not least
1: i know who you would pick though who
0: who would i pick
1: bob coughlin oh of course yeah but you could pick like two people to be hugged by him along with you at once
0: (laughs) (laughs) with that wingspan yeah exactly yeah, he's like
1: an albatross, so
0: especially if you like watch him worship, like his arms are just like you think he flaps them so much that he's gonna like fly off the ground.
1: Yeah, he just hugs whole families at once.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, just uh, in closing here, um, to our congregation, how would you encourage him to live a life of worship?
1: Uh, I would encourage you to pursue your G in our four G's. So we have talked kind of lately about how easy it is for us to um, drop into our idolatry and say, I'm a comfort idol "I'm a power idol recognizing that component is, it feels freeing because you feel like you understand yourself more, but it's, it's the wrong thing to focus on. Yeah. You should be focusing on the goodness, on the gracious, on the, on the glorious on the mm-hmm. on the greatness those things those are what we mm-hmm. should be focusing on so for me that's why look and love has been so powerful it's it's really pressing the goodness of God um, drive into what you love about the lord that's that's going to help you yeah uh, and and the problem that I found is that I often have to go through the attributes of God for people to know him for the first time yeah and they don't really know God so they can't love him that's that's the disconnect Right. And so know him through the word love him and obey him.
0: No lo- no love and obey. Yes. Well, this has been episode number one. Uh, again, this is not a paid advertisement for look and live, but if you want to read that book, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Um, so I thank you for listening. All those who are listening to Greg can read. Uh, we'll see you. Here, real soon, with another podcast.
1: It should be <laughs> called <laughs> Greg Can Talk.
0: Greg Can Talk.
1: Greg Can Ask.
0: I can ask good questions.